Hey, welcome to this episode of Getting My Cheese Back on My Cracker. I'm Ashley Nicole. And I'm Paige Benjamin. And uh, we are on episode 12, and it's our season wrap-up. We're happy that you all joined us tonight for... Um, Actually, we're happy that you joined us all season and became a part of this journey. So I thought it would be fitting to reflect on this season. Tonight, you'll hear some insight from Paige and myself, plus a few cameos from our guests this season. So with that said, Ashley, how do you feel about this season so far? I loved it. It was a great um, growing opportunity, and it's just always, it excites me to know that people are interested. So it just excites me. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I felt like I talked a little too much this season. Um, I didn't want to take, you know, I felt like I took away some of your shine. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to step back and allow you, you know, a lot of queen to let the people know what she's, what her voice sounds like and what her opinions are. So we, we just, we covered a lot this season. We went from American skin to code switching and all the amazing episodes in between. Which episode do you think was your favorite if you had to pick one? If I had to pick one, I mean, all of them um, are my favorite. They're all my babies. But if I had to pick one, my absolute favorite would be the um, How American Are We conversation mm -hmm. um, because we really got a chance to touch on current events and it was like right after like so much had taken place and the show itself the discussion and our guests were all not that any of our guests are ever not knowledgeable but the show and the guests kind of like they didn't even need us yeah and i mean i, I mean you it's funny that you brought that conversation up because we have one of the guests from that show so we're gonna bring them in in a few minutes and you know, um, the brother that I'm gonna bring in was, um, he was excited about jumping on the show. And when I was telling him about what we do and what we're trying to do for our community, he was like, oh man, this is amazing because, you know, um, we're not just doing this for a fad, we're doing this because we really want people to know what's going on in the community. And this young man, well, this not young man, but Dr. Curtis um, really put together an amazing program at his doctorate program. Um, and I really want him to start with that um, to kind of give us an idea of what sparked that and be able to on the show. But I think um, between him and Chiz, um, they had a great exchange that, um, you know, at times was like, yo, like, you know, let's talk about that black man genius. You know what I mean? Let's talk about that, you know, being able to have, um, you know, being able to be part of a collective where we do feel like, although we may see things differently, we do come together and may agree on some things. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think even in that episode, you were the odd person out because you kind of chimed in a couple of times to really allow the guests to see that, you know, actually could hold our own, you know what I mean? Rub sh shrugs off shoulders, you know what I mean? So um, with that being said, um, we're gonna bring on the brother, Dr. Curtis, Curtis Collins to kind of, you know, give his input and insight on the show. Um, and Kurt, I'm not gonna say, I'm, okay. I'm gonna say this out loud, but okay. you know, tell your wife to put her, put her uh, ears on 
Um, you know, we got some extra views because you was on. I'm just gonna, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, no, no. But, uh, you know, got the is, for the curious, so tell us, um, you know, let's let's take a couple steps back, right? About your doctorate program. Tell us about that and what led you to that again for those that didn't catch it the first time. Yeah, so this all took place during my tenure as a principal at um, Chester Community Charter School, which is outside of uh, the Philadelphia airport. It's a very high poverty stricken area, high levels of crime due to those circumstances. And when I was a principal there, I was noticing that a number of our children had been exposed to traumatic events. And I knew we needed something to address mental health. Um, the institution was really just like other institutions based off of math and reading scores. And I knew that we had to dismantle the out of school suspension pipeline. Also evaluating children for special ed. And I knew they need a therapeutic component. So throughout frustration of not having any of the resources or also um, the services that were meaningful and also culturally connected to our community, um, I designed my own. I designed my own training series. Um, I enrolled into University of Pennsylvania and my main objective was to use their expertise and also my cohort members um, to really design nine separate trainings. And these nine trainings focus on high level areas of really educating uh, teachers, administrators, caregiver providers, on really understanding the mental health of our children. And I so, laugh out of you. So before you go back, you kind of skipped a huge step there. You went to the University of Pennsylvania and designed your own doctorate program. Well, no, 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 not my own doctorate okay, program. Okay, okay, I was, was going to say, <laughs> no, I was like, no, whoa, I'm, I'm you went in there and told them what to do. Go no, ahead. No, 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 I matriculated into their educational leadership mid-career program. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the one thing I, I did. And while being in that program, of course, they are, I have learned a lot of best practices with leadership. But I said I wanted to do something different. A lot of my colleagues were getting their letter of superintendent's certificate there. But I wanted to use the program to design a nine-part nine trauma-informed care training manual. So that's what I did there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Ashley, uh, any questions for Dr. Curtis? Because, I mean... You know, he was. This was your favorite episode, so you must have something to ask. Um. Yeah. So, I enjoyed hearing about um your work and about your your program. I remember you mentioned your program that you um planned for Juneteenth. How did that go? Oh, that was fantastic. Um, it, it was an honor. It was an honor actually to work with uh, Chester. Um, they had the Chester Community Center. Um, that focus on uplifting the community. And we focus on applying the seven principles of Mayotte and how to begin the healing process of our community using those ancient principles from ancient Kemet. Um, it, was, it was just refreshing, refreshing and also fruitful too, to really have the kids be engaged and the parents engaged, uh, really, really rediscovering our ancestry. Awesome. So, I mean, is there any hope in the future that we can have a virtual version of that program? Kind of like a, a cheese on my cracker training camp? Oh, sure. I, absolutely. That, that would be my honor. Just, you know, 
let's uh, communicate and in the, in the workings, we can put something together. Absolutely. I can't wait. Now I'm not going to sleep all night because I'm excited. <laughs> well, you done got it started. So we're going to start working on this tomorrow. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, so tell us, what was your experience like on the show? Because I, I know a lot of people have a certain level of apprehension jumping on the show. Um, and so when you got on the show, what were your thoughts? Because, you know, we really tried to make it a very open and um, organic conversation. So what were your thoughts around that? Um, and, you know, what did you think about the show in general? I thought the show was phenomenal. Um, you two guys are doing a, just a, a great job. And like I said, once again, you know, thank you for just considering me. Um, the flow, the transparency was just, it was so organic that it really allowed for just creative thoughts, but then also to have candid conversations. So that was very refreshing, not really having those boundaries or those parameters on things that we could not touch, but to really have a, a creative space to be vulnerable, but then also to be courageous and just talk about really um, selling points, to look at ways of just reconnecting of who we are. Okay. And so as it relates to your back and forth with Brother Chisholm, um, you know, what were your thoughts around that? Because, I mean, he's coming from a different perspective that, you know, he's in the streets. He's seen things, um, you know, firsthand. He's experienced a lot of it firsthand, similar to you. What were your, you know, I, I thought that was a dope exchange to the point where, you know, um, you know, he really was kind of, you know, um, not necessarily taken back, but he was like, man, I can't follow up because you was dropping gems on top of gems. So, you know, but but the brother did hold up. You know, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, he's he's sharp. He, he's sharp. Um, I, I believe iron sharpens iron, but then also at the same time to be an active listener too, to be able to learn um, and, and, and just bounce those ideas off each other. So it was just, it was very beneficial for me to listen to his background, his expertise. And that's what really got me excited where he's, he's dropping jewels. And I'm like, you know what? Wow, that just, that, I just remember the key point here. Let me just kind of share that. And it's sort of like, you have to have another person that can be able to have those intellectual and engaging conversations that are just like, okay, how can we elevate our people to the next level? Um, I think the problem with the talented Tiff was that the talented Tiff left the community and never returned. So now I'm just looking at ways of how that talented Tiff can go back to the community and multiply instead of it being the Tiff. How can we take it to a hundred? So those are the key, the key attributes, but he was, he was sharp. So was there anything that you took away from the show that you felt, you know, man, this this was this was something that I can kind of introduce other people to, or at least I feel like I can contribute to this in the future? Um, yes, because he's doing some great work and I even um I, I supported his his very own business and his business I mean, he has a clothing line that um, represents and says, protect this culture. And I immediately, immediately I, I bought in 
and I value, I value that clothing line. I value the mission, the purpose. And I think that, you know, having these spaces are very, it's needed. It's needed for our community. It, it truly is, especially during a time during the pandemic where we want to be able to explore creative ways of how to have these conversations, but also how to deliver our message um, in, in time that's very convenient for people. People can log on and say, you know what, let me catch up on that video or let me rewind. Um, excuse me, that's my little one. <laughs> and, you know, let me just kind of recap and just really there's so much uh, information that I might have missed something. So this this space right here is just, oh man, it's something that um, please continue. And I think it is very beneficial. Well, thank you very much. Ashley? I think my internet is lagging. I'm trying to keep up. Uh, so Paige already asked about um, different things you learned about the episode, different things that you learned about um, your co-panelists. Um, with, this, with this being the end of our season three and we're looking forward to season four, are there any episodes or any discussions that you will be looking forward to for the next season? Absolutely. Um, the the one most definitely that you guys had mentioned of looking at the just going back to ancient chemists. That that's one there. Hold on a second. <laughs> She's excited as well. <laughs> um, looking at that, also looking at too. I think for the future, something where we can really have a discussion about the forty million dollar slave when it comes to our professional athletes. Mm. Um, and what does social activism, what is it supposed to look like? Daddy. Say hi. hi. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think, I think those two topics are just like, just the beginning of just something that just really can evolve, especially the current times with our Yay. athletes, where we have to evolve from looking at them as being the spokes people for our community. You know, but also how can we galvanize our own organic on the ground leaders to really just continue that driving that mission in our community? Yeah, I think that's a dope, dope point. Cause I mean, if you look at, you know, the combines and the 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 display of their how can I put it? Um Animal athleticism. Athleticism, right? Yeah, um, like the it's like the auction block. I'm going to say it, but you know, you got it. You got it. But yeah, I, I think that would be a dope conversation. You know, the conversation around mental health and sports, you know, the conversation around, um, you know, what was the phrase? Just shut up and play ball. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, do our sport, do our athletes actually represent the culture or are they just another member of the community? Right. Um, everyone that's famous doesn't seek to be an advocate, right? Mm -hmm. And every advocate that's for our community isn't always famous. Mm -hmm. So the roles aren't pretty, aren't synonymous. Absolutely. So I think topics like that will just be so fruitful. Um, in addition to is how do we prepare our students to return, to return back to school with this mm -hmm. upcoming fall? You know, what, what is school going to look like for our children? But then also, too, um, what is this big discussion around critical race theory? 
And, and I think we need to bring out some very solid points to really just speak kind of candid and frankly in regards of, you know, this is the discussion, but a lot of institutions and schools, they weren't talking about it from the beginning. Mm -mm. So, so do, really go do in your favor. So do me a favor for myself and anybody that's watching this that's not tuned in to the, the idea of critical race theory. What is that actually, if you don't mind me asking? Not a not at all. It's a it's a theory that's really been been discussed and applied on a graduate level of education. And it's a lens to really look at the social working of our society and what created capitalism, what created uh, classism, um, those different frameworks in our society that all evolves around race. So it really explores and, and kind of takes a look at, well, why are there segregated neighborhoods? Mm -hmm. So that critical race theory starts to look at the historical part of what is redlining, okay? How was that incorporated? How did it create those systems? How did it also create the gap between generational wealth? So in short, critical race theory really looks at how race has developed and created really the United States. And I think we could also add to that uh, critical race theory discussion, how the this is really the fault of the Daughters of the Confederacy and the things that were put in our textbooks and omitted. So I can't, I look forward to that uh, discussion. I look forward to that episode because it's a lot to dig in there. Yeah, it, it's a lot. And I think to really have a, a very in-depth conversation so we can be able to lay the groundwork so we can kind of understand what is all the big discussion? But mm -hmm. here's the main key component. Right now it's being used as propaganda. Mm -hmm. It's pushing a political party agenda to mm -hmm. galvanize and, and revving up the troops towards, you know what, they're gonna take our America. That that's that's the key. So it has some some subliminal um I'll say approaches or subliminal um tactics behind it that's there so that's why it's a discussion of today's mm -hmm. times absolutely well Paige, do you have anything else no as usual you know dr curtis keeps me speechless because you know who can follow behind that right? right um but you know we definitely do want to bring you back for a lot of those conversations and look you know we are looking for fresh faces to jump on the show um especially around the athleticism piece um if you know any former professional athletes high school athletes college athletes we definitely would like to have them on the call on, on the show to have that conversation um definitely have you on the show because you are a former athlete as well um and so um that that definitely we would be great so is there anything you would like to leave us with or leave our, our, our viewers with um, about what's going on with you and, you know, what things you got coming up? Yes. Um, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for my trauma-informed care manual that will be coming out. Um, my plan is to have it come out around August or September. Yeah, August or September. So it will be published for print. And um, please be on the lookout for that. And uh, you know, I look, ex you know, I'm excited, and I look forward to 
um, just being a service to you guys. You guys are doing just wonderful work. And um, thank you. Thank you again. All right, definitely stick around. So one of our comments was we need more uh, Dr. Curtis, please. So <laughs> don't worry, he'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> be yeah. Back. Uh, we're going to bring on another guest. So stay on, Dr. Curtis, because I think, you know, she was part of our uh, code switching conversation. You came up uh, slightly, not too much, um, at how, you know, um, code switching is kind of part of who we are. And we actually went a little left from the typical office code switching to us having to create patois, creating songs to um, um, divert slave masters from understanding what we're talking about. So Cecilia, thank you for coming back. Um, do you have any questions for Dr. Curtis? Um, I wasn't ready all the way, Dr. Curtis. I wasn't all the way ready, Dr. Curtis. Um, <laughs> I wasn't ready at all. That's okay. So but no, I mean, you are here um, in terms of what your um, thoughts are about just code switching, because what we didn't have on that show, um, Paige hit her down for the men, but I, he might have felt ganged up on a little bit. I mean, a little bit, you know, I mean, I never feel ganged up around queens, you know what I mean? Especially intelligent queens. So for me, I felt like I was in a safe space. Y'all wouldn't let a king go down. Very right? so I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, so, so Dr. Curtis, um, what are your thoughts on code switching? Because it was a hev heavily woman queen um, centric conversation because there are two different dynamics. And one of the things that I do want to do is bring that segment back for a male panel to discuss, right? Um, we have you and Cecilia are kind of on the same um, dynamic, right? Um, uh, colloquialism or speaking proper in the educational realm or feeling as though that you have to. In Cecilia's point of view, she ain't gotta do ish she don't wanna do, right? So. Did you find yourself having to fit a stereotype or mold as an educator or as, yeah, as a as a academic as opposed to just going in being yourself? Oh, absolutely. And and guys, forgive me. I have just a couple more minutes and I have to run to another engagement. Um, but to say yeah, it's a pleasure. With with code switching, that sort of like converts back to WB Du Bois double consciousness. Um, just the way that we really had to navigate our society. Um, being able to code switch was actually being used as a, as a form of survival in, in some sense. That's there. Some people will say, well, why are you speaking, you know, like you're white? But that's all based off of ignorance. And it's good that it kind of evolved today. I know when I was in middle school, that was like, like the common phrase. Um, and it was, all right, keep it real. You know, keep it so real where baggy clothes and was nothing tight you know today is a little bit totally different but that's another discussion but um it, it's sort of like i i think in, in some sense code switching i don't even like the, the phrase code switching i just knowing it's more of what to say and when to say it actually because it's not always acceptance to really speak what's on your mind and it's gonna be one second <laughs> no problem no problem okay so so yeah so let me let me just finally say i would love to actually hey put me on that one i would love I to you. have a discussion with cecilia where uh -oh. we can break down the different layers of code switching 
But I think we all use code switching in some sense because we can excuse me, we can use high level language of lexicon, but then if somebody pushes us, it can break out a totally different vocabulary. You see, right. so it's right. sort of like that code switching is 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 just operating in our society. Got you, got you. Well, I know you gotta go. Um and uh I think Cecilia is a formidable opponent for this discussion. It will be hilarious. So, but we need more guys on the show so we can, you know, because she's enough energy for like five guys. So, you know, we just want to make sure that I got I got some ammunition this time, you know what I mean? But definitely appreciate you, good brother. Um, you enjoy your family, take care of what you gotta take care of. And there will be more of Dr. Curtis on the show. So, ladies. Don't worry about it. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Y'all take care. And Cecilia, right. it was a pleasure. Pleasure to meet you. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, man. So you just started something. I don't even know what we got into. Listen, listen. The energy was there. You know, I, I just wanted to kind of see, you know, how we could bounce that energy off of another person in academia. You know what I mean? So... You know, between the, the four, the three of y'all, well, you're, you're two of you are pursuing your doctorate. I'm just a regular person with three degrees. But, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just trying to catch up to y'all intelligent black women. You know what I mean? But with that being said, welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, um, Ashley? Oh, yeah. I was so, like, not paying attention to the questions. I was paying attention to y'all. Um, so as Paige mentioned earlier, you were on our code switching episode and I firstly want to just thank you for us agreeing to come on the show because I'm pretty sure Paige just reached out to you and was like, Hey, you're on our show and whatever y'all's conversation was, but you totally trusted the process and you were like one of the, you're like a fan fave. So <laughs> we'll have to put you on some more episodes. Um, as far as the discussion in the experience, um, were you kind of concerned about the aspect of it being a, a safe space, but also live streaming on YouTube? Um, no, you know what? So for me, it was like to become, to be in the academic world, right? To be working toward this expertise. It was like, come talk about code switching. I said, I don't know nothing about that. And so, so, and I shouldn't say that, right? But it was like, I can't have no academic conversations. I was like, where am I coming in? So I can have some, like how I can show up in this space. Cause I ain't about to make no fool of myself on YouTube. My mama can see this. I'm only like two classes in, so I'm not quite Dr. Curry yet. So we could. My mama called me doctor though. I mean, I take it. I be like, I mean, don't call me at the streets. She's that on the phone call, you know. No people yet. <laughs> um. So, um, and other than code switching, as far as like mental health and just the the state of Black people and our mental health in general, um. Have you learned or had any more observations after participating on the show? Or was it kind of like either like every day or something you were already aware of? So I think it's really interesting, right? I think there's something about being um, academic and like the mental health of like balancing like the expectations of certain spaces. And I think that's why 
like when I really started thinking about the code switching conversation, it was that to me. Cause it's like, like I gotta be myself hundred percent in every respect. In fact, I was telling somebody earlier today, if I trick you and I don't act like this when we first meet, you're gonna be like, why the hell? <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> so I mean, I think, you know, I think about if you deny yourself, like that is, I mean, it's like playing a trick on yourself. That's not good for my mental health to be anything less than I am. And I think, you know, Dr. Curtis was saying, like, you have a different lexicon, but I contain multitudes. My lexicon ain't got nothing to do with the way I show up. And so we can keep it real classy or we can take it to where I'm from. I can show you real quick. I would prefer not to. But I got that for you. If that's how you, I mean, people understand things in different ways. So I got to give it to you the way I service you the way you need it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, I watched the show about the music and mental health, and I thought it was so cool um, the ways that uh, the musicians on here talked about like the pur- the purpose of mental health and like being able to have like the music for every time. And I think that's so true because like again, I don't know, I I like me a little bit of ratchet when I'm on the way to the meeting to be like bossy business, and it's and it's because like you got to get all of this, and that make me feel like I'm in that element. If I play that smooth jazz, I don't know if I'm gonna bring that same energy. It's when I already know I'm on a thousand, I'd be like. <laughs> you down because do you want to work here tomorrow like that so but i thought it was nice because sometimes even when you get a little bit of misogyny um in some music i mean we could talk about the ways the music hasn't aged well or or it has but i think it's less to me about what the music says and how you feel sometimes i really like there's certain songs i know the words to i realize about myself and certain songs i don't know what it ain't about that it's about the way that the rhythm of this beat and the way this person riding the beat like that's what mm-hmm. i like to talk for and it'd be like me also like ad libs, so I'm randomly doing ad libs of the song. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So so um you know post um the conversation we did talk about how you had a close connection to that episode. Your brother, um Cassius uh, or Cassius G is his his his, his public name. Um, Look, his mom and I know what his mom name. Is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean he's your real brother, so. Yeah. I know that kind of hit different. How was that seeing him publicly speak about how music, what music meant to him? Cause I know it's one thing to talk, you know, I have sibling, older siblings, and it's not easy to tell them how you're feeling and what makes you feel good. So um, how did it make you feel to kind of hear him talk about and see, I mean, notice you saw a light in his eyes when he was talking about it too, right? So. Um, how did it make you feel seeing your brother? Die? I mean, uh, you could turn the screen off if you're about to cry. It's okay. Oh, no, like, I mean, so. Uh, oh, real thugs don't cry? I mean, sometimes when <laughs> you take us to the bathroom, you keep it classy. I'm not a tissue, so I got to keep it. <laughs> um, but I just think about, like, I know so many brilliant people, and I never realize how brilliant they are until I see them talking to other people. Mm-hmm. So, like, I watched that episode. Like, I reached out to Nick, I reached out to um, my brother. I catch a G, whatever, I'll call you that. That's cool. Um, you know, I started following the, the other woman that was on there on Huh? Nakiba. Nakiba. I didn't want to mess up her name. Nakiba, I, I follow Nikiba. you on um Instagram. I just I'm just a lurker, right? I ain't I ain't commenting, right? I'm not in that place yet. <laughs> I just I thought it was something really cool to listen to the ways that people brought themselves into that space. And I think the other thing, like, because I have watched how my brother grew in music, and how I hope you don't get mad at me for telling this story, brother. But uh, hey, you might not even see it. Don't even matter. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to catch me. I remember the first time he was like a rapper, right? And I was making fun of him. He's like, I'm about to do a rap for my school about like uh, car safety, and I was like, What you say? Like buckle your seatbelt, 
motherfuckers. And then, so so we had that, and he laughed at me. He said, no, and he played something. And I was like, oh, no, you for real. <laughs> and I'm not the kind of sibling, I don't clap for you if you're not good. Mm-hmm. He, was, he, he was good. And I think to watch him grow and to listen to the ways that he talks about music, and it's not just what music does for him. It's like how he is telling people who he is. Like, I've been thinking a lot about um, this project that he has coming out on the 22nd. I don't know if you know it's coming, but it's coming, you know? So his project is getting released on the 22nd, and I am in love with the song about um, Carl Wilshire on Tyler the, Creator's, Tyler the Creator's album. And at the, I was just like, when people give you their artistry, like they're, they're using their artistry to be who they are and to be vulnerable and to like get it out and tell you that they're a person, that always blew me away. And the ways that my brother, I mean, and even some of the other artists that I heard on that show, like the ways that they do that, it just, yeah, it's beyond. And the 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 thing about him was, um, you know, I reached out to Nick. I was like, you know, I mean, I was like, you know, you got any songs that would go along with the theme of mental health? And he was like, I don't, but Cassius might have something. And we both fell in love with the song, right? Um, I mean, and we only got a snippet of this song on as the intro. And so uh, if you really hear the song, you you can hear um, how he feels about it. Like you can hear his feelings. You can hear what he's trying to express. And we really wanted to be able to kind of like showcase an artist like that, that kind of exemplifies what we're trying to do within our community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give people a safe space to really express themselves and you know talk about the things that, that matter to them. So. Um, you know, I, I thank y'all for that because I mean, you know, I know you're one of those sisters that you know, you know, push them. You know, like, look, stop being a little girl. So keep, keep moving, keep moving. You know what I mean? It can't be easy growing up with you. You know what I mean? And and to Ashley's point earlier, listen, I got so many calls. I'm like, yo, where did you find Cecilia? I was like, I found her at Duquesne. Duquesne, <laughs> Holy Ghost, put some respect on it. That's the whole thing. Um. I don't know if it was easy growing up with me and he would have to tell you that, but I would tell you that my brother inspired the shit out of me. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I talk, I talk about my authenticity and do do do, but I remember, so my brother moved out to LA. We lived in LA once upon a time and he came out, he, he liked pursuing music. And I remember I kept saying like, have a fallback plan. And I, as I watched my brother, I had to apologize to him. Cause I was like, Girl, I was giving you something people gave me. You in that, my path, like I like school. And I'm, my brother's smart. Maybe he don't like school the same way I do. He understood that it was like a purpose. But man, he, he fucking walking in his purpose. And I had to apologize. I say, I was trying to make you be something you wasn't because that's what they told me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I mean, Nobody told you not to do what you can't do because you were told if you want to jump off this chair, you can go ahead and jump off this chair. If you was funny, you could do what you wanted to do. This is true. But I was also told you take your black ass to school. It happened mm-hmm. that I like school. So we was, it was, like, it was like, cool. But then, I, like I said, I mean, school was a trick because I was like, "Hey, y'all, send me to school, and y'all give me no money though. Y'all need to buy books, right? Y'all play the money. So, so do you want me to be successful? But I and think you, and Duquesne ain't cheap. You know how many friends I made on the uh, athletic scene so I could have their books, bro. Yeah. I'm like, you hear me? Are you? Can I get that off you? That worked out for me, but mm, I can't. I mean, that's not. And there are different ways to get books now. But I'll say like. I think so. My brother's a Leo. I'm a Leo. We're we're two days apart, eight years apart. So I think mm, 
I mean, I think I'd rather my brother be my brother, but that's somebody I know if I say something, he already, we ain't got to do a lot of explanation about it. And so I think even in terms of mental health, I've appreciated having that space. And I think even the times when we've had disagreements, we've grown so much. And I think to watch how our perspective is about even what is healthy, even the way that he was talking about how his sound evolved, like, to me, that was a mental health thing. Cause it was like, I don't want to do maybe what people expect. I'm going to do what it is I need to do. Yeah, that's big. That's big. Ashley. Sorry, I was distracted. Um, so a couple things. One, so you trying to tell us that you be rapping or you play an instrument or something because you can like get with him on the remix for next season. I mean, I'll be happy to like. I'll tell you this: you don't want Cecilia on the mic. Um, that's it. Might not be the most family friendly song. Oh, for sure, it is not gonna be. But what? So I, so my talents are not necessarily in that that medium. But I will hype man the shit out your ass. Like tell me what the outfit is. I got gear. Uh, I got that word you just said. Oh, like I'm saying with you, that's all I got. I don't. Oh, so she's the ad lib queen. So we got you. We got you on the ad libs. Oh yeah, that's that's oh. what's wrong. And then also, so you watched that episode, so you're kind of familiar with it. So tell us about your soundtrack. Give us five songs. Do you have five songs? Yeah. For like my life. I mean, for the time being. Right? Right. Just, we can do we for, the, for the current for the current for the culture right now. What would be five songs on your soundtrack? So do they have to be publicly available? Nah, it could be whatever. It's it's, it's your songs. Okay. Um, Book of Soul by Absol. I fucking love that song. It's it's Absol is kind of one of my favorite artists. I love the way that he's like spinning words, but for him to talk about how like he had this terrible time in life and he was just like, but I mean, I'm still here. Like to the way that again, I think there's something about people being so transparent that is like awesome to me. That's one. Um, ACV Wonder Song. Okay. I'm gonna say Tuesday Heartbreak. I think because I just like the way that the the that's I like the sound of it, and I like that he. Stevie Wonder had a whole bunch of like he probably did some trash stuff, but it sounded real good when he sang over it. So you wasn't like, well, Stevie, what did you do? Um. Number three, I am, I am, I had to have my brother. Cause like, I, I was like, I want to hype him correctly. I think the song is called How Bad Do You Want It is like number one on his EP right now in the order that it's in. And I just, man, that's it for me. I love that. Um, I will definitely, again, I'm gonna say Tyler, the creator's Wilshire. Cause I listen to that on repeat. Cause I just be like, dang, what happened? What? Oh, and I just, one of the things I think that's most striking about that song is he says, like, I really try and make sure I protect the people I love from this. I don't even bring them into this space. And I think about, like, he's really talking about the ways, even for his own mental health, he shows up. Listen to the whole joint, though. Like, I think that project is good. And if I have to do one more, because it wouldn't be me uh, if I didn't say this, that song did get a lot of play in my house. But I think it get a lot of play because, <laughs> like, we just extra, like, just something, you know, I feel like that, like in the space, you'll be like, fuck that. Like it's, he do it for me. It just makes me so happy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's good to know that. So I'm gonna ask another tough question, song related. All right. Um, growing up, 
what would be the soundtrack of life for you um, from a child to now? Because I mean, you're you're a different person from where you were before. Or you can make make it top three songs, three different stages in your life. Top three. Five or three. I'll I'll, I'll let you run with it. All right. Dang. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a Stevie Wonder. Okay, okay. You feeling Stevie Wonder today? Okay. Again, he's my favorite artist of all time. So can I? I'm gonna do him as two. Okay. Um, I feel so. My mom's song that she used to play for me. Go ahead. I got a question after you finish saying that. Okay. Um, Ebony Eyes is a song that my mom sang to me when I like didn't want to have birthday parties. I like people, but not really. Like I want you to come over when I want you to come over. Uh, and it's also I'm I'm gonna throw flashlight on there because it's also some stuff that's gonna make me say you get the fuck out my house. One of them is don't wear your shoes on my shit. Number two, don't try and sit your outside clothes on my inside bed. I will have to ooh, I'll try and choke you to sleep because I'm like you don't have no respect for me, for you, for nobody. Um. But that again, that was a song that if my mama had, if we had a backyard boogie and you had to go home, she gonna put that flashlight on it. Guess who leave it? Everybody that light touch. Um, so flashlight was your get out of the house song. That was my mama get out the house song. You had party to over. You ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get out of here. You don't have to go home. Mm -hmm. You like to maybe go to the end of the driveway. Maybe somebody else gonna keep this party going. But where you ain't gonna be is on Nelson Avenue. You are gonna have to scat and get on. Um, Hey, it's Ashley Nicole. I appreciate y'all for listening, and hopefully, you're all getting your, keeping your cheeses on your crackers. I'm dropping in on this episode to give you some goodies. Have you been wanting to get into the podcast game and don't know where to start? I got you. I have answers. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor has everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Let me say it again um, in case you missed it. Everything that you need to make a podcast is conveniently in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free, free 99, zero dollars, zero cents. So go ahead and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now. I can't wait to listen to your podcast too. Jaded by Jay LaFleur is a song I really like and it took me through the period like right before I came to grad school. Um, I think there's something about like, how do you strive for something where you like, it's like, you ever like you want to toward a moving target is what that song reminds me of. Uh, and I felt that cause I was like, God, are we cool? Like, do you hate me? Like, I, you know, I had time. I was like, really, I don't, I, I get, I give, you know, candy to children, you know, I don't know what do I need to do better like that. Uh, <laughs> now. I think I would like to leave it at that three. I feel like it's good. I'm not really sure what this what this song is because I think like there's still this this becoming. And like I said, the songs I'm really into right now are those ones that really make me think about the ways that people make their vulnerability 
they make it a thing where it's like not a thing. It's not, it's like, we can talk about this. I could tell you who I was and they get to do it on their own terms. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So what I was going to ask is um, when you said Stevie Wonder, I was waiting to see if he was going to say the same song your brother said. Um, in y'all's home, like growing up, was there like a lot of music? Or uh, just a lot of steam? Um, yes, there was a lot of music. Like, my brother won't remember, but we had like one of them old school floor model uh, record players. My dad was a DJ at one time. I wouldn't say he was good, but you know, yeah, he, he, uh, I mean, my dad likes music. Let me not do that. Because my dad was like, nigga, okay, sorry, dad. Sorry. All right, you was all right. I mean, I don't know if I would have booked you, but I ain't had no coin, so it don't matter. Um, <laughs> We did have a lot of music. And I think so. It's really interesting. I was not going to say the same song that my brother did because, like, I'd be like, I'm like that baby Stevie Wonder on the harmonica when he did, he did, hadn't had that, like, I've had puberty voice. I'm that kind of fan. I should have said some Cameron too because that Cameron Fuck You song, also, that's a good one. Just, just a chorus of Fuck You sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if if did you take anything away from any of the shows that you've watched or have been on um, that, you know, has kind of changed your perspective on things? Yeah, I mean, I would say I think the biggest thing is that, like. You can't really make assumptions about like where people stand because of where they are and what it is they believe and like what they're having in terms of their mental health. I mean, not just, this is me like loving on black people. I think we are the best, we turn, you know, shit into sugar. And, you know, you will smile when you are dying inside. You know, I think, I know I've done it as a human um, in my life. And I think that it's really nice that we can have these places where we can put a spin on it and we can see the positive, but it's also times where you ain't there. And so, you know, it's really nice to be able to have that thing that lets you, helps you get to that place. Like you can have a moment, like we can acknowledge that you feel in a way that is not, you know, positive. Okay. And so how do you feel about the space that we created for you? I know there was a little bit of angst coming into this space, right? But once you got in, I mean, you was in full Cecilia mode to the point where, I mean, you had to, listen, we had the most comments about where this girl came from. She's my new best friend. You might have stalkers just like you stalked. No, no, please don't. Ah. You might have some stalkers because they were like, look, this girl's hilarious. We need to see her again. So how did you feel about the space? Because one of the things that we want to do is make sure that we create something that people can feel free to come and talk about mm -hmm. the issues that matter the most to them. Um, and I know, you know, code switching wasn't the biggest issue, but it was something that, you know, we discussed briefly. Um, and I thought it was something that you would be a good guest for, which you. Is, is it my internet? No, it's, it's, oh. not, it's, it's the world. Okay. Okay. Xfinity again. It's Xfinity. Yeah, I said, how did you feel about the space that we created for you? Um, I think it was a good space. I think we, it was like, it was a great panel. I think the questions were very thoughtful. I think it's really nice to know, you know, there might be something that you have, like that you plan for something to happen, but y'all like, we just rolled away. 
and we talked about different things. And I think it was really nice to be able to hear people that have different perspectives, right? I mean, for me, I'm very much like, I am somebody that likes to drill down to the root. So I'm like, we're talking about class, we're talking about, you know, this, we're talking about this, we're talking about this. And then we have people who are talking about that, like, when people be talking about how they walk, man, I always feel like that's an amazing place because it don't matter who it is. Like there's, we can learn something from everybody in every conversation if we want to. And I think if that's why we watch reality TV, you want to see how other people live. Now we can talk about how real it is, but some of that, you know, is, is I think people trying to recapture the moment. We, we have, you create moments in this space. I don't even know if people know when they come to this space, they're about to get it off like they get it off. I didn't. So I'm I'm grateful for that. I'm glad that you were able to come and be your authentic self. And I'm a little hurt because I thought we was uh, best friends um, after that episode. But I mean, I guess if you say we're not. I mean, you, me and you, we have a whole different thing. <laughs> I really want to like, <laughs> but I would learn for you. From this? Oh, um, okay. I, I got a little bit of eyelids, so I mean, if we could just get some kind of color, I'll take it. But I feel like you got that game. So we we have we have another another guest from this episode that we would love to bring back on the show. I hope she's ready. Um, you know, she she was kind of in and out because issues, but you know. We'll have a long comment. She was chiming in the comments a little bit. So uh, we're going to bring her on. Lakeisha, how are you doing? Hey, I got, look, I got a new modem, y'all. And I don't know what anybody thought, but I thought Cecilia was my best friend. So I don't know where all these new people you got going on, but we here. We here. I bought a book because of you. Come on, buy a book. I love I it. My book. I ordered it off um, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes though, like, but it's convenient though. It's so damn convenient, it and they be having markdowns and used books. Hakeem's bookstore don't do that. I'm gonna tell you, people got to piss in the bottle. I mean, I at least can buy something because otherwise they're pissing in the bottles in vain. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> like, I'm not even a hundred percent mad that we sent that man to space because look how fast everything comes. I mean, so many things tomorrow. He, I, he went to space on a penis. Like he didn't see the Austin Powers movie. I said, no, nah, Twitter, yeah, I planned. And I said, no, that is it. <laughs> but all right. So we're, 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 we're well, the work work because we would have been wilding. So, so before, we, before we go left, before we go left, right? So we want to kind of bring you in and kind of have the conversation about code switching, right? Um, how did you feel about the episode? And, you know, did we create a safe space for you? Um, and we got a couple people that we gonna have jump on shortly. Um, we got some people with some time restrictions. Actually, we got one of your fans on here, Cecilia. So um, uh, Lakeisha, if you could go ahead and answer, I'm gonna bring one of your fans on, on stage, <laughs> Jacqueline, Jackie. She that was a cool <laughs> way. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. She was like, where did you find this young lady? I was like, Duquesne in Pittsburgh. But um, we want go to go to Lakeisha real quick, and then we're going to go to Jacqueline. So Lakeisha, how did you feel about the space that we created so that you guys can have the conversation? I know you had some technical difficulties, 
Right. I had all the technical difficulties, but honestly, with a safe space, the safe space starts within you. So if you walk around with that kind of peace and that kind of confidence and that kind of self-assuredness, ain't nowhere I can't go and say whatever the hell I want, because who's going to do something? Like, what's going to happen? Mm, mm, what's the consequence? And usually there is none. Just somebody mad. Okay. This is why her mic didn't work, because now you got too much of this. It was space. <laughs> and don't know how to act. Oh, I'm about to here. We got some. We got some amazing. Oh man, I'm outnumbered again. I don't know why. Where I just is Doctor Curtis? But bring him back. Doctor Curtis it's had to dip away, you know. But you know, we're at a situation <laughs> where I'm okay. I'm confident with mine. You know what I mean? Um, you are a confident brother. You know, we have uh, Miss D, we got Miss Jackie, and we got Miss Yoni here. Um, we got Cecilia on. I know you guys got a chance to watch the code switching episode. We also have Lakeisha on a, from the code switching episode. Um, did you guys, what did you guys think of that episode if you got a chance to watch, for those that got a chance to watch? Anybody can jump on at any time, outside of Cecilia and Lakeisha. <laughs> Because we already know what they I've think. I've been here for like a minute. I'm like, don't make me a room to show out. Like, <laughs> I, like, I didn't like. I'm I, like I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you what did you guys think of that that episode? I mean, I thought it was a very you know we were we were watching it. Um, actually, I was with Jackie and 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 it, and it led to a lot of discussion just even amongst ourselves. So. I mean, it's it's just a critical conversation, and it's the kind of thing that we don't. I was telling them that you know I have been code switching for so long that I don't even realize when I'm doing it, and mm. so you know it just it, it, it the idea of even having language now really, you know, because for me code switching is a relatively new term. I think I only heard it within the past maybe five years or so when you know I really became familiar with it, and just even have language for it. And to bring it to the public to have this conversation because, you know, we know what we do. We know that we have a, a work voice. And then we have, but the, the idea that it, it's so, how, how exhausting it can be mm -hmm. whenever it just becomes so innate for what, you know, for the way you have to move around in the world. You're, you spend 40 hours at work. Why do you have to have a whole new voice for it? So, I mean, it's it's an important conversation to have. And I think it also even just opens the door to uh, making decisions, right? Because like I said, for me, I didn't even realize it was a choice. So I, I like the idea just that we're even having this conversation. So now we can even start to choose, uh, you know, do I want the code switch? You know, what does that mean? Am I making myself more palatable for somebody else and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's just, it was an important conversation that, that needed to be had and that needs to continue to be had. So that way we can continue raising awareness around the choice. Mm -hmm. I think Yomi hit it. She hit it right there. We had a conversation about it um, while actually, while the show was going on, we were like back and forth between watching and like, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? And Yomi said that she was like, it's just, it's just natural. Like it just happens. And I was like, girl, you've been doing it so long that you didn't even realize it's intentional. You have to intentionally train yourself to do that. And maybe it's learned behavior or, um, you know, you witnessed it. So, you know, you have to do it or, you know, like, and a lot of it, what also came out of the conversation too is, um, and I think we were all in the comments agreeing about it is that, um, 
how do I say it? We put it more on ourselves as black people than white people put it on us. Actually, there are mm -hmm. oftentimes when white people expect um, the only sister or the only brother to come up in there with a certain perspective or a certain kind of language or linguistic style. And because we've been taught, you no, know, black excellence means mimicking white to a degree. We perpetuate, you mm -hmm. know, this, this whole thing that we have to code switch, that we have to be different, that we have to create a whole nother person that is like Yomi said, palatable to um, other people. And oftentimes you really don't have to, or oftentimes you make it to a certain level and you really can break down a lot of those barriers. You really can start to bring in more of your authentic self. And it, it does become a choice. I do think sometimes in order to make your way into a space, you do have to code switch. You do have to, um, dress a certain way or subscribe to a certain box of what, what it means to be professional. But then mm -hmm. once you prove yourself, you can do what you want to do. You can write yeah. your own ticket. You can create your own world. You can create your own space. And then you can start to create opportunities for other people not to have to code switch. Exactly. And I think that's how we take, how we take the power back. And this is always my fear. And this is something that I've seen happen. Why the heck? Who else has to prove themselves? No one. No one actually has to go through all these obstacles and barriers. And even if we do, what happens? Nothing. That that same, the same black gatekeepers who, you know, a lot of us aspire to be, mm -hmm. they're in the exact same place. And the folks that they have brought in, especially in the professional sense, are mm -hmm. the folks they have brought in, trained, nurtured with all the while with their white voice and white baggage and white affectations. Mm -hmm. And that person gets promoted over them or yeah. they're not seen or they're just kind of immobilized in mm -hmm. that place by behaving because they're yeah. really just, it's a place filler. So, I mean, sometimes I have seen it totally work. I've seen it on occasion, but mm -hmm. is that, is that- And it varies by industry. And I want to say a generation or two before us, there's mm -hmm. a certain way you have to behave in order to, to make it within uh, certain areas of corporate America, you like you really you really had to. I think those things are changing, and the more the more diversity we infuse, like actual diversity, not assimilation, but actually right. bringing who you are and your authentic self to the table. I think it creates more space for other people to do so. And I think the gatekeepers, like you were mentioning, um, those those gatekeepers are now outdated. Their their ideas, their ways of doing things are now outdated. Now I will say for certain industries, maybe it, it's a lot more professional. I don't know what they're doing over there at Catholic Charities, but there you know there's other industries, especially like the retail industry, the tech industry, um, um, more Fine more in law and government and politics. It's 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 evolving. It's evolving, mm -hmm. and you can obviously see it coming as your authentic self and, and, and being your authentic self rather than assimilating or mimicking what you think will fit in is becoming more acceptable. So I wanted to chime in here real quick before everybody Welcome else back. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I actually want to pull, pull the, um, you know, one aspect of switching be kind of brought up he to be situational. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> one of the things that we talked about code switching was situational, right? Um, and D, uh, I want to kind of bring you into the conversation because 
things had to change around you as you started to transition, right? And so can yeah. you tell us how um, you had to kind of navigate things as it related to code switching um, or having to adjust people's ability to kind of address you properly, right? Because I know you, you mentioned it was something that some people still struggled, excuse me, struggled with. Um, and so, you know, for, for the community that doesn't know, can you kind of give us a little background about you so that we can kind of, so we can put this question into context if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I, um, thanks for having me back. I really enjoyed my episode. Um, my name is Dee. I am a transgender woman. Um, I was on the episode, I think it was pride, um, pride and how and LGBT, how does it affect your mental health? And we just kind of got into um, my life story and whatever. But um, as far as the question is concerned, you know, being trans or being LGBT, especially in the black community, your whole life becomes a cold switch and you become yeah. the best at it. Like there's no cafeteria table that I can't sit at because, you know, being the, the, the youth with the back against the wall for being black, fat, um, gay, like I had to navigate so many different spaces. So um, if you, you know, back in the South, you know, if you read a book or two, they put you in the all white class. So what was I going to talk about? Um, and everyone's talking about Blink 82, Britney Spears, Spice Girls. And at home, I'm looking at Jamie Foxx. And I have to literally <laughs> yeah. go to another TV to catch up with my classmates so that I have something to talk about on Tuesday. Because, you know, that's that's how I, I learned from an early age in order to, um, you know, integrate into that life. I needed to be aware. Um, I didn't take it so far as like clothing or anything, but I was very well aware what went on on TRL and the Laguna beaches. If y'all if y'all about my age, y'all understand like the MTV. I was at MTV like culture where they kind of started their reality, whatever. Show Why you actually mean Laguna Beach was a good show, though? Yes, yes, it was. I mean, that's spicy white people drama. But, but so, so that was kind of socially in a like a white setting, but with, um, you know, my people, um, I got in with skin. You know, there's no um, questioning that I'm black. You know, I'm not like ambiguous or anything. But what was ambiguous was, you know, the question came down to my gender and sexuality. So, me going to a HBCU. Um, which, you know, is a great experience. I want to trade it for the world, but um, it's very, how can I say it? Steeped in tradition. So when we say steeped in tradition, that could be a good thing for some people and a bad yep. thing for some people. Yep. And when mm -hmm. it came to the LGBT community, that was a bad thing, you know? Yep. Um, especially in the mid, early 2000s, we, they weren't there yet. So how could I navigate this space coming from a predominantly white space in high school. And I think I, I did a good job. I was king of my organization and council president. I have mastered the past. <laughs> mm -hmm. So at that time I was not trans or thinking about transition or anything like that. But as I got older to my later twenties, um, I started feeling like, you know, my gender is always in question. Um, I feel like, you know, I feel comfortable sitting in my feminine and and um and just basking in that and being comfortable and living in my truth um now i have to be able to um code switch in spaces that are cis heteronormative um all women spaces you know i wasn't 
raised as a girl per se, but I had to learn that there are some things that are women's issues and, and women's history and women's, you know, um, 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 things that are innate to women. You know what I mean? So just being able to always take a, a view of the lay of the land, study real fast and regurgitate, um, that's kind of been almost my life. So when someone said, I don't know if I'm cold switch, I don't know when I'm cold switching. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's like a pathology that we have here in the States as a black person. I don't know anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I have a podcast and I made it my duty to speak in my North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina tone as much as I can, but I slip right back to, you know, enunciating everything and pronunciating everything because it's, it has been, I have, I've trained myself my whole life to do it. So, you know, like I still battle with it. I'm at work. Um, you know, you can let your hair down a bit if your company is down for the culture, but if your company is not down for the culture, you better put your bun up, you know, mm -hmm. and, and talk as clear and um, concise as possible. But um, I think that's just something that I think the generations behind us would do less and less of. Mm -hmm. And um, but where I sit, I'm in the tech industry and I talk to cu customers and clients every day. I don't even know if I'm doing it, but I know that it's not like when I'm getting on the phone with my mama, like, girl, what's going on at church house? You know, and stuff like that. Like, I know that it's different. So um, that's my take on it. But thanks for having me again, you guys. Thank no you so wait, D, I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. So because what I've seen, I feel, and I don't know, tell me if I'm understanding this correctly. Do you feel like the tech industry is more accepting of different gen expressions of gender identity because they need you so badly? I, I feel like the tech industry is now just tackling their diversity issue. The company that I work for, I think we are less than 6% black people. The other half, mm. the other 71% is white and everybody else falls in between. So we haven't even tackled the diversity issue to include me yet. The I is what gets there later. We have to tackle the D first in the tech industry. And then we can work on the inclusion and learning about cultures and learning about us. But I would say my job is making an effort. Um, it doesn't, you know, performative you know june just passed and they had all kind of things but my last job didn't do anything at all and they could care less about your pronouns or anything like that so i'll give them kudos for that but in the tech industry i think it, yeah that is one of the most male dominated feels kind of like good old boys to me and people don't understand that because tech is supposed to be cool and savvy and all of this but it is good old boys in the tech community. It's like the last frontier to me. Okay, so should I remove myself as being a good old boy tech person out of the conversation? Um, well, just, I don't think you have the right complexion to be a good old boy. Yeah. <laughs> you're still part of the D that they're they're working on. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so this, is, this brings us kind of full circle. I, I want to kind of bring in the episode in which we had Jackie on, which was It Takes a Village. Um, in each of our conversations, we pretty much go left, right? And we go left to the point of which we talk about whether um, certain aspects of who we are and what we do as nurture versus nature, right? Um, and it becomes a battle because a lot of the times, um, you know, we are innately 
inquisitive. We are innately explorative. We are innately just like to ask questions. And then we're told not to, right? Um, so I, I want to kind of go back to the It Takes a Village conversation, Jackie. Um, you know, what, how did you feel about that episode? And, you know, um, what did you feel like you took away from it? Wow. And, and um, before, before, before I had start, asked, I had, because I've been on start, a couple of, okay, go we, ahead, sorry. We would like to welcome Nick to the stage. Welcome, welcome. We just talked about you a whole lot of different ways, but it was, it was all good. It was all good. Hi, Nick. Is this on? Okay. What's happening? Um, Ashley, yes, I have I, I been on a couple of episodes. I'm, I'm kind of a regular on Cheese Crackers. So I, I asked Ashley, can you send me the, the list of the episodes that I was on? And she sent me uh, the other two. And then you talk about um, It Takes a Village. So I was like kind of preparing to, to, to recap the other ones. But um, in terms of It Takes a Village and answering your question, The reason why that episode was so important to me is because I, I totally, not even just buy into the, the concept of it, but I, I think it's a part of my belief system. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a mother in terms of like a biological birth, but I do have um, lots of nieces, nephews, um, godchildren, I run a nonprofit organization that promotes positive self-esteem and self-images amongst youth of color. So it's like we fully understand the 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 magnitude of your parents not being your only influence and your parents not being the only ones that are responsible and accountable for making sure you have a fully developed um, understanding of 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 how to come into your own identity and to, pro to, to produce positive images for you to mimic, for you to identify with, and for to help your growth in ways that we didn't, um, in, in ways that we might not have had. And it becomes intentional for us because we, we understand the damage of not having a, a, a childhood that's full of um, curiosity and and knowledge and understanding and and without boundaries we had so many limitations growing up and we also had villages but we on that what happened oh well on that episode um that Ketley was on it as well and she was talking about how how reminiscent it was for people to have grown up um in the West Indies or in, in the South where everyone could discipline you. And I feel like what came out of that episode is that's the nostalgia that we hold on to, but we don't, we don't really understand the damage that some of that did. Because it's not just everybody's responsibility to discipline you. It's everyone's responsibility to expose you to things that can help you grow and develop and we hold so dear to our childhoods those of us that grew up in the 80s and before about how everyone had a hand in in beating you or like telling your mama when you did something wrong but what about the other things like taking you places that maybe your parents couldn't afford to go or or you know treating you to things that um maybe your parents don't have an understanding of or exposing you to different cultures or different different ways of doing things like those are the things like that's the sauce that creates 
creates opportunities for children to grow and blossom and, and all those things. So I think really good conversations came out of that. Um, it's always that, um, that, that, that conflict between people who were born and raised in America and this idea that people that were born and raised in Africa or the Caribbean had better childhoods, have more culture, have, um, have, um, like, like it just, it just was better for them. And, and that's not, you know, like we have values and systems and a lot of them come from Africa or a lot of them come from our adaptation of what we needed to survive, but they're truly depth in culture. They're truly depth in, in, in experiences and well-rounded. And, and, and it was, to me, it was good for us to have that conversation because I really think what came out of it is a mutual understanding um, from people who are from different places. And this whole thing, like, you know, just because we're different black, you know, we have to be in, in constant conflict with each other. I think I think we dispelled some of that during that episode. So I'm really I'm really grateful to have been a part of that conversation. Appreciate I like it. What, Go ahead. I like what, what, um, what you said. So you mentioned how um, we talked about the differences in upbringing and what made respect and what made the village. And I think that although it's, a, it's like a, um, a buzzword now to talk about everything being in silos, I think that that's one of the things with the, uh, with the Black community or I don't think it's, it's specific to any community, but we all think that this experience was here and nobody else did it the same because people didn't do it the same way or because we didn't see them doing it that they weren't doing it so i did like that part of that episode because we were able to at least communicate you might have grown up in the caribbeans and uh or you may have grown up in the city or i may have been in the country in mississippi we all kind of had the same things just different versions and we mm -hmm. all got the same love we all got the same growth we all got the same itself or i mean i guess of course the people who didn't but we all uh, we all grew up kind of the same. So, just looking at the different aspects of how our villages our villages were different, but they all brought us to um, this point. Um, I did want to while I'm talking, I did want to uh, touch back on um, Curtis earlier, and I think we mentioned it on that episode as well. Um, tying in the village and the code switching and pretty much all the conversations do you all feel that like um people like we're responsible for being the representative for black people wherever we are because i think that's a conversation that's coming up i know me and uh, lakeisha in our bonnet discussion um do y'all feel like um i think that that's one of the major factors of code switching um so many people that taught us taught us that we are representing Everybody, how do y'all feel about that that aspect as it relates to? You know what, mark that. How do y'all feel about that? <laughs> I think I was that going though, but I was going to give somebody a chance. <laughs> Go ahead, I think, it has, I think it has to be a choice. Um, you know, I, 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 in my younger youth, I definitely thought I was an ambassador for all the people, and I and I was proud to be that. And, um, but then it, it, I created it as a burden though. And it was, and, and so, but today I, I'm still an ambassador mm -hmm. and I do that because I, I feel confident that I will represent as well. <laughs> and I also feel confident that, you know, look, there might be some white people who never get to have a black person 
And if they do, they're going to find Candace Owens. You know what I'm saying? So I know that who I am in the world, that if I go ahead and show up as the ambassador, I will be, I will be doing a service to my people. So for me, it's a choice. It's a choice, and it's, and it's something that I do proudly. I'm also really clear that I cannot speak for the next person. Yeah. But whenever I do show up, I'm always very clear that I'm a black woman doing this. You know, if we talk about tokenism, I'm like, I know I'm not a token, so pick me because I'm black. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I choose to show up as, as an ambassador because I know that I will do a service to the race. But I also think that it has to be a conscious choice. And that means that whenever I have certain conversations, that means I have to hold white people accountable. That means that, and you know, and for me, I'm also one of those, like, I'm like, look, I could talk about my people, but you can't, you know? So I'm very clear in terms of if I'm going to get out there and represent the people, it's more so that way, if you're going to talk to a black person, you're going to learn what it is to have to speak with respect to one today. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm not going to let you off the hook. If we're having, if it's a random news conversation about a young black boy who did something wrong, I'm not going to just talk about justice. I'm going to say, well, what happened that got him there? You know, so I'm going to always make sure that I bring the other side of the black ass story to the to the conversation. And I and I and I and I think we should. <laughs> so I'm OK with it, but I think you have to do it. I think if you're going to do it, make it be a choice. And then if you're going to do it, if you're going to choose it, choose it with intention. Right. And before I add my piece in, I do want to say fuck Candace Owens and everybody who lives in her house. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. But really. All right. But no, and it's one of those things. It and it it blows my mind how we still have this incredible pressure to be representatives of a race because it's not just one way to be black. It's not, like there is a spectrum of blackness and each of those folks and everybody along the way deserves respect. The let's say you like you gave the example a boy who got into trouble. Okay, that's a boy who belongs to us and we love him the same and we value him the same as someone who is going on and doing fantastic things. And I think that's where we kind of get lost as a race because we're trying so hard to prove we're good, we're worthy, we deserve it. Look, give us a chance, give us a chance. And it's like, no, we're taking everybody with us. Because if you don't respect the lowest, you don't respect the highest. Because any of us, especially because we don't have the foundations of like generational wealth and the ed the education system, I'm, I'm not even gonna get into it because that's deep. This is why we need Dr. Curtis so he can really break it down. But we don't have those, and that's what like this the position that we're in, especially as middle class Black Americans. Our position in society is tenuous. Like somebody made a joke of it. We are three mistakes away from being in jail. And there's nothing that's protecting us from it, each and every one of us. So we really have to value each other. Like there are people who dedicate their entire lives to explaining blackness and explaining black issues. That's why they don't want us to do CRT now because it's people who put so much into that. So I don't know, I, I mean, if somebody wants to be the ambassador, I absolutely appreciate it. I think that's a beautiful position to be in, but I ain't signing up for it, Chief. And once again, fuck Candace Owens. Nick, you have anything to say? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you put him on a spot like that. Hey, um, hey sure. I, I, mean, 
I wasn't uh I wasn't on this episode, but uh sure I got some thoughts. I think uh I, I feel you on me, you know what I'm saying? Like but I also I can't see I'm using my phone. Who is just clear conscience? you see how close I gotta get to this shit? I'm blind. Clear, conscience, clear conscience. Yeah, clear, clear conscience, conscience consulting. consulting. See, I feel so that's I feel the name of my of HR consulting company, y'all, but my yeah. name is actually Lakeisha. Plug, plug, plug. Lakeisha. Um <laughs> But no, so I, I mean, I I feel I feel Lakeisha and Yomi right. Like I'm not gonna volunteer. I'm not about to run out and you know, hey, y'all looking for a black man representative? Bam, you know what I'm saying. Here I am. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm not dumb. I'm not scared, mm. uh, and I'm very black. So if I show up, I'm. I think that I'm going to do. I guess the people, the culture, a service. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's also a layered thought, right? Because this is me believing that I'm doing the folks a service from my own perspective, right? When I think about myself and I think about most of the black people that I know, most of the black people that I know are a bit or extremely more conservative than I am. You know what I'm saying? And so, I don't even know that all black people would want me or a large community of black people would want me. And I, I mean, I saying that for me, but I'm also saying that for every one of y'all too and Candace Owens ass and literally any one of the rest of us, right? Like, um, like it was previously mentioned, like this blackness is not a monolith. So um, to think, to have the audacity to believe that you or anybody else should be, would be the best representative for us, I think to a degree is flawed, right? But then on the other end, I mean, if you're moving with, nope, I can't even say that part, Never mind, um, Because you could believe you're being as genuine and as, um, you know, uplifting to our community as possible and still be doing the damage or detriment, right? Like, um, I mean, there are like, I'm sure can't. Well, no, I'm not sure about that. But Candace Owens could very much believe that what she is doing, right, is for the betterment of Black America, right? The same way that I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, Doctor Umar Johnson also is, uh, you know, believing that what he's doing is for the betterment of our people and our and our cause, right? Um, and I I say Doctor very liberally, um, but you know. Um, <laughs> Don't do that yeah. to brother Umar. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he brother, sure, doctor. I don't know. Um, he's you know no, he's saying? definitely a doctor. He's definitely one hundred percent a doctor. Yes. Okay. And this is what I mean yeah. about having representatives. As soon as we get a representative oh. of the community, we find ways to discredit them and tear them down over bullshit. I'm, I mean, I didn't find any ways to discredit <laughs> him or tear him down. I, I, I no, not, not you specifically. Not you oh. specifically. I pro- no, I wasn't talking about you, but so just in I general. Think, Ooh, I think with him, I, th- I know, I know, Cecilia has a hand up, but um, I know with him. I'm waiting. I'm gonna know what Cecilia got to say. Yeah, I, I definitely want to, but I think with him, it's and you know, I I have similar sentiments. Not necessarily that he's not a doctor. I think it's the messenger, not the messages, right? And so the way he delivers his messages will turn a lot of people off. And so some of his messages don't necessarily resonate with everyone as well. But I think um, it goes back to, you know, knowing your audience and knowing what to talk about, when to talk about, if we're going to talk about code switching. Um, And, you know, 
feeling feeling as though needing to be part or needing to be a representative of the community. Um, Cecilia, um, uh, you're handling nobody's community because I fight kid, kids, but I'm too bad. <laughs> First of all, I mean, I think there's something really interesting about the ways that I will have to be a representative of anybody. Like, I just want to be my own self when I come to a space. And I think about the fact, like, when other communities are talking to silos, white people to go, hey, you about to represent the culture right now? They get to be a multitude, right? I think that I won't speak for other races because I've been black all my life. But I, I mean, I think that's my thing. So I I very much resist the idea that I have to be anybody's ambassador. I'm fucking not. Because if you catch me on the right day, I, I'm not, ooh, Lord. <laughs> we are gonna have to have a council meeting and you know, y'all might put on it on. <laughs> I don't want that. But I also think about the fact that like, um, what kind of burden is that that you're carrying around? I mean, really to Nick's point, that you would be the person that like, every time I come in this room, I gotta do it for the whole hood, hell no. I mean, because first of all, I'm doing it for you know, if I gotta pick. I'm doing it for my mama, I'm doing it for my grandma. A lot of you other motherfuckers are doing it for you. I mean, that means I gotta run out the list and be like, let me tell you who I'm representing. Let me tell you who I'm not here for. And I'd rather not, like, it's okay. But I also don't have nothing to do with somebody else's idea of who, who I'm, being when I come into this room. And then too, like, do you only want me to represent you when I'm doing my good shit? Cause when I'm like throwing boxes at Walmart, I'm not throwing boxes at Walmart, but say I am. Do I get to represent you that day? All right. So with that being said, with that being said. Oh, that, oh he done segment waved me out. I was about to mention something. One second, being, Purge, one second. No, because no, I just no. realized something with Brother Umar. And he's so it's he is one of the most polarizing people I've ever heard of in my life because he is so right and wrong at the same time. Like and, and it's the most mind-blowing thing that's what in the world. And that's what I was saying. Right, but one thing right? he doesn't do, which is interesting, is he does not code switch. He's only ever talking to black people and he makes no bones about it. He doesn't pretend to care about anybody else, no one else, which, you know, for better or for worse, whatever. But I've noticed that his, cause he's been around a long, long time. Like he's from Philly, he's been around. I've known him for, not like we're not buddies, but I do have the private number. But like, you know, he's somebody who's around, right? But I've noticed he became more of a joke as his social media exploded and the message started being exposed to folks he wasn't even talking to in the first place. So now we're making fun of him for saying the same stuff he was saying at the Freedom Theater in Philly eight years ago before he became a meme. So I don't know, black people, we a mess. We hard to love sometimes, cause that's fate. So what I, what I wanted to say was, um, Sorry. Um, no problem. Um, we all acknowledge that we have to be a, our best representatives because we can't be expected. Uh, and once again, we are not a monolith, right? We are individual. On this stage right now, I see amazing people from different backgrounds that represent different things. Um, we have a, a entrepreneur, we have a musician, we have podcasters, we have academics. Um, and so to, to you all's point, you know, it's kind of hard to represent the whole when, you know, that's not necessarily our jobs, right? It, it's hard enough to kind of represent ourselves on a daily basis and prove our worth on a daily basis let alone kind of having to sell for or represent a 
a group of people. Um, with that being said, um, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. And Nick, we actually talked about your episode um, earlier in this earlier in this episode where um, music and therapy and how that relates. Um, can you talk about like, you know, how did you feel about that episode in its entirety? And what did you take away from it? And if anybody watched the episode, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Um, I mean, that was a good, I think it was a good uh, conversation. I appreciate y'all facilitating that. Um, it was good to be on there, uh, you know, with my brother and to be able to, you know, talk about music as uh, a vehicle for healing, uh, you know, both in how you receive it, but then also just in um, how you create it. I know both he and, and myself have both, you know, struggled uh, through life with different things, you know, um, and not only just being able to find solace in the music, but being able to to talk about that outside of, you know, the the bounds of 16 bars or whatever, it's always really good. Uh, um, I feel like we were able to, to, to touch on some, you know, some heavy, heavy topics and I'm hoping that, you know, it, it reached folks that it moved them, you know. I don't think that this was too, too controversial an episode, but I also smoke a good deal of weed, so my memory is not, you know, what it once was. Um, you know what I'm saying? So if, I, if, I'm, if I'm overlooking, uh, you know, something glaring, please remind me, and I, yeah, you know what I mean? But for, from, from my recollection, it was, I mean, I, I have no qualms about it. I, I really enjoyed it. I pretty, again, I appreciate y'all creating space. Right. Any questions for Nick? Nope. All right. I was so, silent. Okay, wait, before before you ask another question, so we asked to see you earlier, and of course Nick was on the episode. Um, if y'all haven't seen it, we pretty much were talking about music, music therapy, and um, there was a question about your life soundtrack. So for everybody on the show, on this episode, that is not Cecilia and not Nick, what's y'all's soundtrack? What's your favorite song? Like, give us your top three or five, if you can, of what would be your soundtrack to your current situation, your life, your journey. Best of Me by Anthony Hamilton and Closer by Goa Pal. A guapole. I just have to call her Goapel so um, Alexa will play her music. But guapole. We got one more. We got one more at least if you do three. Oh, um, uh, Skeleton Move by Master KG. So that's how I start my day. <laughs> and, and the chorus of that song is, you know, just always know where home is. That's the mm -hmm. Skeleton Move. Dee or Jackie? Um, I'll have to say my first number one song that I just hear in the most strangest places, but it's been my favorite song since childhood. Um, one of my favorite songs is Runaway by Janet Jackson. Um, mm. it, it, the beat, the music, the melody just makes me feel it. They, it's eclectic, the, the beat and the rhythm. And it just it just takes me somewhere. Um, I'll have to say my second song that just kind of 
um, um, they, gospel. I come from the church. Um, so um, Walter Hawkins, um, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Um, that's something that I always go to when I'm feeling a type of way. It makes me feel grateful for what I have. And it could been it could have been me outdoors, you know, no shoes, no clothes, you know, mm -hmm. in the gospel, you know that. Um, then my third um song, huh, my third song. Um wow, maybe shoot. You got time to think, Jackie. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say this is crazy this is crazy but it definitely will be something 90s um i would say maybe let's just throw out um uh, tony braxton um what's her song unbreak my heart you know uh -huh. that song that song brings me back to my childhood i grew up singing and it was a couple of songs I would just lock myself up in the room and just blare out. And that was one of them. And I can go down to the Celine Dion's and all of that. But um, every time I hear that song, I just think about, you know, the nostalgia. You know, me riding with my sister. She just got married. She got married at like 21. She would come get me for the weekend and we would escape her, you know, and stuff like that. So it just brings back good memories. So, uh -uh. Yeah. those are my three. Okay. I can't do it. <laughs> I watched hard. that whole episode. I watched that whole episode, and the whole time I was thinking, what would I could even give you three artists? I just, but, but D, I'm with you on 90s RB, hip hop, and rap. Yeah, if yeah. I had to pull, like, if you give me a time period, that's, that's the time yeah. period. Anything yeah. from that, almost anything from that. But I, three songs, I can't do that. I can't even do three artists. It's just so much music in the world. It is a lot. So what you listen, it's not like one song that you listen to every day or that you want to listen to every day? You know what? I'm one of those people that that um, I, I have new obsessions every once in a while. And so mm -hmm. I if I hear a song and I like it, I'll play it on repeat thousands of times and then won't go back to it for years later and then be like, oh, that was my jam, you know? But no, I, it's nothing, it's no song that like, if something happens, I go back to that song. It's just, I'll always, if I do like a YouTube mix or something or search on title, it's always gonna be 90s mix, 90s something all the time. Okay, okay. So Yomi, um, you were on two episodes, I believe, right? This season? So, yep. so tell us what you're, 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 you're the newbie. Uh, well, you, Cecilia, Lakeisha, and DL, the newbies of Cheese on My Cracker. So tell us what you, th what your experience was like. And, um, and this is going to be the question that we, we pass around. But um, if you, we can close out with this, tell us what your experience was like, um, what you would like to see from us moving forward. And we can so go. I, we can go. Yomi, Cecilia, D, Lakeisha, Jackie, and then Nick. All right. Um, for me, I love the space. I do just love the fact that we have um, this this group of. I mean, every time I've been on the show, it's my black folks. So I'm pretty sure that's what you do. Um, <laughs> that you know that we get to come together and have these conversations 
that we need to be having in the community and that uh, you pull from different people. You know, like we'll have a creative, we'll have, uh, you know, somebody who's more on the corporate side, you'll have, a, you know, activists. So I love the fact that you bring a lot of different people into the space. So that way, as we said it before, we are not a monolith, right? So to be able to actually have some of these conversations and bring in different perspectives. Um, and I always learn something. You know, like every time just now, the diversity, like we, we got to get to the D before we can get to the E. And I wrote that down <laughs> because I'm like, that is, that's some real shit because, you know, you know, you think of it as all lumped together, but, you know, it actually is, it, 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 it's a roadmap in actuality. So mm -hmm. that I appreciated whenever, um, last time I was actually just watching, I wasn't a guest, but it was um, when somebody, when we've got to referencing crabs in a barrel. And he said, well, you know what? Crabs aren't supposed to be in a barrel. And I, Dr. That's Curtis, a, that's I mean, a gem. <laughs> you know, that was just, that was beautiful. So every time I've been on the show, every time I've been around, uh, it's definitely thought-provoking. It challenges it, it challenges me because um, I am a know-it-all and, and, and being black is my hobby. And so it is, it's nice to be around a lot of, more of us, you know, to, you know, to just kind of keep, getting more knowledge and more information and learning more about us as an us and as a community. And then la the last part was, what would you like to see? Uh, more of. Yeah. The only thing I could say is I would love to see this uh, format live where we could have the interaction um, with the awesome. audience, because I know there have been times I've been trying to type in a response and I can't get it in there fast enough. And, you know, so <laughs> I mean, because there's like I said, it's very engaging. And so there are definitely things that, you know, I would like to respond to. And I would love to just hear, you know, if, if there is a way to get um, have audience participation, because I think that this is a very provocative and much needed conversation um, that you guys are having. So I would love to just kind of um, see it, how it could be expanded to, to the to, to an audience. Yeah, stay out of my head. Soon come, soon come. <laughs> if we got to travel, we're going to do it. Atomic Travels and Ashley Nicole take uh, I would love to see y'all do a, a live town hall. Take it on the road. Yeah, yeah. do a live town hall. Mm -hmm. We got you, we got you. <laughs> Great idea. Cecilia? I ain't coming when y'all do it live because my laugh is obnoxious and I mute myself on purpose because I be having a great time. Um, well, then maybe you need to be there because my last hey. <laughs> I mean, if I can run backstage and like get it off, like I could come. But you know, we have to talk about what that looked like. Um, what have I enjoyed about this? And then what would I like to see? Is that what we're talking about? Um, I think the thing I really enjoy about this space is that you are bringing people from different like and walks of life, right? So I'm reading Patricia Hill Collins right now about black feminism. Which one of the best things that I've, that I've really been thinking about is how it, like segregation really made it so that black intellectuals and like academic intellectuals and like artistic intellectuals and like just fluid intellectuals they all had to live in one space and then we had to then we moved and we didn't have that anymore and so I look at this as a space where we're doing that and that's super dope to me. Um, what would I like to see? I mean, you know, if y'all talking shit, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm all the shit we talking. Like, we, I mean, and I think that it's really nice that like there are a lot of things that tie back into mental health that you know do come in this space. And I think they're like that DEI DEI conversation. I would love to. I have thoughts. I mean, and I think I would like to hear what other thoughts people are thinking. And so I think there are even often in this show there are like little spinoff conversations where we like, oh, we could do a whole show about that. So.
Oh, wait. Castile said, uh, my brother said, I am not a hard, it's not hard to be my brother. He said it's quite natural, actually, but he posted that because I'm my brother. And he said it was popping. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. D? Um, when I got an invitation, I did not know what to think. Um, you know, when you're talking about black and LG, black LGBT, the community, um, it can go down a rabbit hole. Do you want to hear doom and gloom and, you know, how my mom and dad kicked me out because, you know, I was wearing a dress and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, you guys set the atmosphere that I could be myself and be comfortable and tell my story. I feel like, um, you know, I was telling my, my, my friends and associates about it because I was saying things on the show that they may have not known about me. We just never got to that in conversation. So it was also a learning tool for me, um, as well as meeting the um, guest, I think his name was Chris, that was on the show, um, that was a politician. It was just great um, seeing that dynamic between he and I, um, both of us, you know, in the LGBT community, Black community, all meshes together, you know, and, um, and, and just to see and hear how we like to separate ourselves, you know, and, and build this hierarchy amongst ourselves, but we're so integrated, you know, um, you know, we're your neighbors, we're your teachers, we're your family, you know, like I said that sometimes people feel like we just get dropped off, some, like all the gays get dropped off in the neighborhood, like what, once a year like Christmas, but no, <laughs> you know, no, we are, we are born into black culture and we're very well aware of all the things that you know, um, happen with us. And, and, you know, if you get to experience someone in the community um, to be a friend or an ally to, it's one of the most rewarding experiences. Um, you know, we, we have to grow, we grow up with the lens of just being transparent because um, life comes at us real, came at us real fast and hard and soon um, when we were young. So we have a very unique lens on life and um this 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 podcast and you know my um old college um buddy told me you know she gave me like she's like hey they're looking for you know some people to speak and i was like eh. i kind of laid my podcast down and but you guys ignited that i've done so much after that um at my company for pride and i was on a panel with them and you know i'm just seeing things inside the company um in which i'm probably going to mosey on to the DNI space <laughs> because that's kind of how I'm getting pulled in the direction and some of the things I'm doing, but it all started with um, being invited to do the show. Um, so I'm thankful for that. Um, what I would love to see is, you know, maybe, you know, live in action, um, a meetup, you know, or something like that, a weekend somewhere and we can all kind of uh, share our brilliant thoughts and some brilliant, beautiful people on this panel. And I would love to learn um, more about um, you guys' story, life, and, you know, where you want to go. So, yeah. See, before, before we move on, I really, I'll be remiss if I didn't say that I really enjoyed your episode and your perspective. And I'm glad other things spawned off from that conversation because you educated me a lot on, on terms and just... The thought of um, particularly the part where you were talking about the transition to living life as a woman and the fears that come in terms of being catcalled or uh, harassed or attacked, some things that, that we don't really 
talk about because again, like like code switching, it becomes a natural defense. And I, that led to other conversations with, with me and other younger women. I didn't realize that my younger um, cousin dressed a certain way just because she didn't want to be spoken to in a certain way from men. So she just started to dress in baggier clothes and a tomboy and, and decided to change her whole self-expression because she just didn't want that kind of attention. And we talk about that. Yami and I talked about that too. And another one of my family members moved here from Houston and how, how much it happens in New York City that, you know, born, being born and raised here, you become, you become almost immune to it. You find a way to ignore it. However, you are very aware of, of it being a threat at any time. Because if you deny a person a response or you don't, you know, give them the attention that they're soliciting, then you can be called names, you can be attacked, you can be. So some of the security issues in terms of um, being a woman, living as a woman, um, you really when you talked about those things, it spawned yeah. off other conversations and just just an awareness of what's what's happening. So I appreciate I appreciate that. Oh my gosh, I appreciate that. That's yeah. that's what I'm here for and to spread to spark conversations and I felt like I did my due diligence. Thank thank you. I mean to thank that you. point, that's why I wear these old bright headphones. I, I, <laughs> when I'm walking down the street. So that way I'm like, What? I can't hear you. See? <laughs> and the fact that we have to, you know, change how yeah, it's, it's conscious. Yeah. I mean I, I only buy bright green, bright red headphones. I don't do none of this cute stuff whenever I'm walking down the street. Yeah. Because I, I I need you to know I can't hear you, so I don't get you know. I mean, but yes, that's, that's you know, that works. Wow. Huh? Okay, that works for y'all because it it don't <laughs> work. Well, I mean, it just it just helps that way when I don't respond. I can be like I, I you know I I hear somebody say no she got her headphones on like I I can be listening to nothing but these headphones will be on. <laughs> All right, we got Lakeisha next. <laughs> Can you give me the question again? So what was your experience like and what would you like to see moving forward for Cheese of My Cracker? I would love to see just right, right. even more. You started, the, you started with the last question, not the first question. So the first question is. <laughs> oh, was in order? I don't know. Okay. Oh, don't put so me I, I, let, them, let them freely answer. You got to do it exactly the way he laid it out. Right. <laughs> Lord, he act like he gave us a script. Oh, no, give me a minute. <laughs> So, wait, let me make sure I have it right. Okay. Can I end this in this <laughs> proposition purge? Is that cool? So, I think what I got most for, was just really hearing all the different perspectives and having it be a little bit more fun. Also, it was really interesting on the back end because I like I sent it out to folks and I'm realizing a lot of folks that I have like in my life, they just they didn't realize I was smart. They thought I was just crazy. <laughs> Because I guess the way I, I'm realizing the way I say things, sometimes it sounds like I'm just fucking with you, but I'm not. Like, I'm really serious. <laughs> so that was really interesting. Like, even, like, my parents, like, babe, my dad literally comes home. He's like, baby girl, I never saw you in action. It's like, what the hell do you think you sent me to school for? <laughs> but I think 
just having even more diverse perspectives is going to bring a lot. Like as much as I kind of give the middle finger to like the Candace Owen types, like it would be really interesting not to have a full blown troll like mm -hmm. that, but just someone from maybe like more of that end. Like it would be really interesting to bring that in. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Yeah, I think I already talked about what was what was what I enjoyed about being on this, but I, I will sum it up and say, um, similar to what a lot of us have already said, the platform, the platform is amazing and it's necessary. And um, I don't know about anyone else, but I have these conversations in my, my life is that and I think I, I designed my life that way that um, I associate with people who want to talk about what it means to be black, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be successful, what it means to be first generation, go to college, what it means to to be a role model, what it means to represent the race, what it means, like all of these things. Like I, I'm constantly inundated with that. It's so much so like um, people text me things about it and 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 send those things to my social media and all that kind of like it's it's it, it's it happens to me all the time. But to have a platform of other people who are um, who are aware and who want to talk about some of these issues that we face from your personal lens, not as a representation of anyone else or any any group or anything, but from your personal lens. Um, and it also gives me the opportunity. So when I come on, um, I come on as Jackie. I, I have a lot of titles, I have a lot of roles, but I come on and I get to speak from my own perspective and share and listen to other people that have a perspective and not necessarily because they're representing something, but, but really this is therapy and this is therapeutic, talking and listening to other people who are aligned um, or might not be aligned, who have, who have some other perspectives and then being challenged on your perspective because you know, it really isn't a belief system if you haven't been challenged on it. Like if you haven't had a, a an opportunity to say, this is what I believe and this is who I am and, and it be disputed in a way or even challenged, then you know, you don't you don't really have then you you're just kind of blindly following something that you've been told or taught or, you know, that has been embedded. And I I should like Lakeisha, I, I do feel like a lot of us come from a similar perspective. It would it would the episode that Copeland was on, he's a big representation of somebody that was like far to the left. Like we, we're all black, you know, and that, you know, that's what binds us. But but um, I feel like some of the episodes I was on um, in this season, because I was on the episode or two last season and there were a little there was a little bit of conflict. But I feel like we've been in, in harmony and not really challenging each other. And I, I feel like there's a little bit more we can do to challenge each other's perspective. Um, but the exposure is great. Um, and I agree with everyone that said, let's take this on the road. Let's let's get town halls together in person. Now that things are opening up, people are vaccinated. Let's get out there. Let's you know, so let's get in. Let's get personal. So it's funny you mentioned that because every episode we try to find people that we thought were opposites. Um, but apparently if it's a subject everyone loves, they find some type of middle ground or mutual understanding. And I think a lot of the times it's not that um, everyone was agreeing. I think they had different perspectives, but came to an understanding that there's always a middle ground, um, respecting each other's. And, and the, thing, the thing about the space is that I appreciate you all for respecting each other's point of views and perspectives yeah. Yeah. because that's what allows the conversations to go organic. Um, 
a lot of the times, actually, they were y'all were answering questions before we got a chance to ask them. Yeah. Um, you know, Lakeisha helped us with one of the episodes, and you know, um, I don't think she did it, but there were we have a list of other questions that y'all don't see, and y'all yeah. were asking questions before we even got a chance to like every single episode, and that kind of made our day because we realized that. Um, we are doing something right in devising some of our questions. So um, believe me, it's not it's not by design we got everybody to agree. It just happened to happen that way. Um, Nick, I think it's a good point you made about respect. That's right. absolutely true. Like we do have differences of opinion, but we all respect ourselves and our fellow panelists not to be um, to be arguing. <laughs> right, right. So I also me- think that this was a year of evolving thought because I know that I hold some views that are somewhat radical in terms of, uh, you know, it's war, but in a way that a lot of black people would have been like, okay, she's crazy, but this is a year where people started being like, well, maybe it is, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think that this is also just a very evolutionary year um, for a lot of people where where people were being challenged um, by society, by life in a way that, you know, it may have pushed the needle in a way that we may have been opposite, you know, 18 months ago, but this year we found ourselves a little bit closer or That's they found fair. themselves a little bit closer, you know, on this side. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. Once, and I think to Yomi's point, the revolution is being televised, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's one of those where it, it's no longer in secret. We're in a place of comfort. I mean, we, we all wish we could be Cecilia, but we're in a place of comfort where we can say what we want to say, express ourselves the way we want to express ourselves. And, you know, we, you know, we don't all have the musical talents of Nick Cash's or Nikiba to be able to kind of put our, our words and our feelings out there in a, a way that is our truest form of self-expression. So we have to find ways to do it in, uh, we have to find other ways. And I, I think this is one of them, you know, the fact that mm-hmm. everyone realized that you know, I mean, especially D. I mean, D. You have people like Go Girl. You speaking your truth. You motivating me. Um, yeah. And it, it, you know, it shows that you know, no matter where we are coming from, you know, we inspire people. And I think that's something that we really wanted to do. And I'm glad you guys saw that. Um, last but not least, uh, once again, Nick. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know you mentioned what you liked about it, but um, you know, overall. What was your experience, not just your episode, but what was your overall experience? I know you were a heavy guest last season. Um, so let's talk about your experience last season and now, and what you would like to see moving forward. Uh, it's breaking up a little bit for me, but it's raining out here. So am I coming through? Um, yep, you're good. We can okay. hear you. Cool. Um, so I guess, when I think back to last season versus now, uh, first thing I'll say is that I'm proud of you all. Y'all have really uh, developed this show and platform uh, quite a bit from you know my first time participating to today, uh, and you know I, I think that has made it you know, not just a better experience for me as a you know participant, but also like as a watcher, right, as a viewer can. I can see these chats coming in. We can address some of these things in as close to real time as possible, even if we can't, you know, like to Yomi's point, type and answer the questions right away. Um, we can still see these things and bring them into the conversation from time to time. And so I, I really like how this has evolved. 
I also just appreciate you all creating a black space, right? I think we need more of these. I think we need more opportunities where we can, you know, teach, uplift, exchange ideas, uh, scold, I guess, if need be, right? Um, you know, I, I think about the black experience right now and, you know, everybody, I mean, and this isn't just black people, but everybody is on Twitter, right? And so, you know, I, except for maybe the kids who are all on TikTok right now, but whatever, <laughs> you know, people are on social media and, you know, by and large, this is where we are congregating and where we are sharing ideas, where we are discussing, you know, our culture in real time, right? And I remember growing up, I know y'all were, y'all were talking about culture, right? And talking about, you know, where some of ours comes from. And, and I remember us, you know, as kids being taught not to talk about, you know, uh, family business in the street, right? Like home business needs to stay at home. Um, and so I appreciate the fact that y'all are creating black spaces where we can, you know, um, explore some of our reality just among us. Um, and I'm not sure who all is watching. This might be a very diverse audience, but the, uh, the conversation isn't impeded in, in, in that way. Um, and if this audience is all black, right, then our business ain't getting out in the street. So our feelings about each other or thoughts about things that we need to be doing or improving can't be weaponized against us, right? Like, and that's my biggest issue, uh, you know, with that and, and why I appreciate spaces like this. So thank y'all for that. I also appreciate the fact, um, it seemed like pretty much every episode, I guess, except for like that one, you know, all, all fellas episode, like y'all have a lot of very, very educated black women um, we'll get to come on here and share. And I, I mean, I think it's I mean, not just important to create uh, more spaces for black women's voices, but I, I just learned a whole lot from y'all. So, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that, I mean, the opportunity to be able to be um, exposed uh, and for that to be, you know, amplified. If I had one critique, it's it's more personal as a, as a, a booked, um, uh, a, attendee, um, guest, what have you, give me some more leeway before some of these episodes so that I can better prepare. Um, you know, maybe just a couple more days. That, 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 that is the only thing <laughs> that I would personally ask for, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but aside from that, I mean, I think y'all are doing a great thing here and, you know, I hope it continues to grow and evolve, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, if y'all have a live show, I'm gonna definitely need some time to be prepared to, to <laughs> make my plans and things for that. So you know what I'm saying. But yeah, man, uh, keep keep this shit rolling, dog. Keep this shit rolling. I appreciate it, everybody. Ashley, any any final thoughts? I mean, we do want to know what you guys have going on, but I want to give Ashley a chance because I feel like I've been talking the whole time. <laughs> Ashley, you on mute? <laughs> Okay, I was so really interrupted by the mute button. Um, I feel like, I feel like you have talked, I, I have got to talk a little more this episode, but probably because y'all didn't already ask the questions that I was supposed to ask. Um, so I've enjoyed y'all. I love y'all so much. Um, I'm so glad every time that y'all not only agree to come on the show, but you come and you give us a piece of you that's substantial and helps to grow the black community. Um, one of the things that I was kind of scared of when I came up with this concept was, 
are people going to get it? Because we're all having conversations in our separate friend groups or um, whatever our little communities are. We're all having this conversation there, but I was kind of scared to put it on YouTube this season. But I'm I'm just glad that we were able to cultivate this space. We are working on a more private space for that that in-house conversation that we need to have. Um, and I also thank all of y'all for y'all's perspective. I thank everybody that's viewed. Um, I promise if I could, I would have Jackie and Yomi on every episode. And now all of y'all <laughs> all of y'all are here. And I just love hearing from y'all. We might have to have like a special series where it's just all of us uh, feedback on every other episode. Um, what else? I thank everybody that's viewed. Um, even if you weren't able to be a guest, I, I see, I've seen Jackie and Yummy um, comment and keeping the um, the activity up. I thank my sisters, um, Rhonda, Alana, Area 186. Y'all are on every episode, commenting, giving feedback. All the other viewers, Texas Trill, Billy, I've seen your name a couple of times. Um, I thank everybody that's tuned in. Um, please feel free to share your opinions. Um, I think there's a link somewhere on the YouTubes where you can like email me, ask questions, me and Paige, we will read those. Um, I have literally taken down notes of everything y'all have said. If you're watching and you got some feedback, please send it to me because we are, our hope is to improve every season and to also grow this thing. Um, I know we've talked about it in our debriefs with some of the guests, but we are halfway to being a nonprofit organization that's going to be um, looking toward um, providing mental health um, education and also helping to facilitate, um, helping to close the gap between the availability and um, bridge those barriers that's keeping black communities from mental health um, services, mental health um, solutions, distress, um, stress-free solutions and things of that nature. So even though you guys may have like guessed or watched the show, every bit of the things that you said, every bit of the um, feedback that you've given, we've taken it into consideration. Um, I got so many things in my mind right now. Um, trying to make sure I hit all of them. Did I thank y'all already? How many times did I thank y'all? <laughs> um, I think that's it. Um, stay tuned um, before, one more thing. Um, yeah, stay tuned. If you haven't already joined the, our Facebook group, I think there's a link somewhere in the bio or I'll add it somewhere within the next 24 hours. And before we go, everybody, can you just run down the line? Um, let us know if you have anything going on. I think I saw you have a new album coming out too, Nick, either you and or Cassius. Want to hear about that? I know there's some podcasts and some other things. So y'all just let us know what y'all got going on. Let's what? Let's start with Travel Tuesday Happy Hour because my co-host is the best. <laughs> so um, we are um, 15 episodes, 16 episodes into season two of Travel Tuesday Happy Hour. Um, I've, literally, I've literally interviewed people from six, seven different countries this season. Um, and it was an amazing experience. Um, 37 episodes. Last season, we did 47 episodes. Um, and so um, we're always looking to grow. Um, I have a couple episodes left for this season and I will start recording again sometime late November. Um, and so please follow us, Travel Tuesday Happy Hour. Um, I'm Atomic Travels. So yeah, 
Enjoy. You got to pass the baton. And I'll pass the baton to Nick. <laughs> Peace. Um, yeah, man. Nick Pratt music on Instagram and Twitter and all of the things. If you uh, trying to follow me and not see me post that often. Um, <laughs> no, so uh, I do got some music on the way, but more importantly, Cassius G got some music coming. Um, and we've been waiting on uh, this for a, a long time, but you know, my brother had to get it right. And it's it sounded very right. So uh, August 22nd, please uh, be on the lookout for, I'm sorry, not August 22nd, August 12th, uh, 2021. Please be on the lookout for uh, Bliss and Bedlam by Cassius G. Uh, it'll be on all your major digital streaming platforms, um, as well as Audio Mac and Spotify's. I mean, and SoundClouds and all of them other places as well, man. So wherever you get your music, you'll definitely be able to find it. It's a beautiful project. I'm on it as, long, as well as a few other, um, you know, very talented musicians. But it's from the heart. Um, and yeah, man, it's moving. So I, I definitely encourage everybody to be on the lookout for that. Bliss and Bellin by Cassius G. And you can follow him um, at Cassius G216. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That's my man's right there. And, and the shit the shit he got going is, is hard. Oh, and he just produced another project for Low Life Lane that's out right now. Um, damn, I can't remember the name of the project, man. Shit. Uh, but this nigga is on a horse looking like the fucking polo man on the cover, man. That shit is uh, Yeah, man. So uh, check out all of that shit, man. My boy Cash coming hard. Um, and yeah, man, I got songs for my ride and some other shit coming for y'all by the end of the year as well. Uh, appreciate y'all having me and, you know what I'm saying, giving me this space. And I'm going to pass it to who, who uh, I don't know who else got some shit going. Everybody got some shit going? Everybody. I'm going to pass it to Yomi because that's the name I've been saying the whole night. Um, so it just seemed like a natural transition. There you go. Perfect. So um, you can, I am launching Bougie Girl Gumdrops. It is a THC gummy edible line uh, for an elegance elevation. Um, so it just, you can check me out on Instagram. Um, we should have the full proper launch website, everything by the end of the summer. But I am still taking orders presently. So Bougie Girl Gumdrops, if you are interested in getting elevated uh, with edibles, I'm your girl. And also, I'm a, I'm a life coach. And I mean, I love doing that too. But right now, Bougie Girl Gumdrops has got my attention. So <laughs> Bougie Girl Gumdrops, THC Edibles, coming to you presently. Hit me up on IG if you would like to place an order. And the website is coming by the end of the, the uh, summer. You got to pass the baton. And I'm passing the baton to D. What did I win? Some um, gummy bears, right? <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'll send you my um, address. I'll say, yeah, yeah, go on and shoot me your address and you can, yep. yes, I'll no. take care of you. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, I have uh, life, life. Um, you know, I do have a podcast, the Realness Effect um, podcast. Started that last year, right before the pandemic. Um, 
um, the last episode I recorded was probably earlier this year. Life just kind of got in the way, but um, it's a fun chronicle about me living in the pandemic and the whole anxiety growth of the pandemic and relationship and talking about LGBT black issues. So it's very curated. Um, as I can say, I think I have about 15 episodes up there and I did a couple of interviews and, um, you know, made a lot of connections from that, um, from my podcast, The Realness Effect Podcast. Um, what else? I am about to relaunch my business, um, several seats, um, event planning business. Um, when I was living in Atlanta, I got that, yeah, several seats. I like that. Event planning business. Um, I got this started back in Atlanta, Georgia. Now I'm in North Carolina, um, which is my home state. And, you know, I just have a lot of foundation here, a lot of friends and, you know, networks. So I'm about to relaunch that here in the Tar Heel State. Um, and I'll travel too. And I travel too. We do weddings, anniversaries. Um, I do Scott style consulting too. So I do a little bit of everything to get your event right, you know, and um, just just living life, you know, career wise, you know, I'm in the tech industry um, in a relationship. Um, I am, you know, just just, you know, sometimes I think we get consumed with having so much going on. And um, but I'm just living. I'm just trying to be do right by people so they can do right by me and do these projects, get my money and be healthy. So um, that's that's it. So Ashley, sounds like our live uh, our live series D is gonna be uh, actively involved because we support our own. So at the end Several of the day, seats. D get ready for these. Be ready for these uh, live episodes. Okay. In the future. Okay. Yeah, we can get some gummies on the side. I can plan it out. <laughs> we'll have the vendors for the ready for everybody. We add music, gummies. <laughs> and so look, maybe we need to so do a whole like. Bougie Girl Gumdrop opening launch party or something where everybody comes and gets high and has a good time. Sounds like a party. A gummy for entry. Listen, Charlotte's always a great place to visit. So we can she's she's in the Tar Heel State. Charlotte's always a great place to visit. Um and, and they are legal North. in thirty-five states to include Charlotte and North Carolina. D, go ahead and pass the baton. I mean, we only have two people left, so um, I'll um, I'll go ahead go ahead and pass the baton. Go ahead. It's three of us left, right? Uh, I think it's three of us. Oh, my bad, Cecilia's still up there. My bad. Uh, <laughs> Stop forgetting people. All right, I'll I'll just I'll go with I'll go with Cecilia. Actually, I'll go with you, Jackie. Go ahead. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, follow D's lead because I was only gonna talk about what you guys can contribute to. You know, like I was only gonna give that, but no, life is life is good. Life is moving. I'm engaged to be married. I'm really happy about that. I'm getting married next year. Um, I uh, was appointed as chief operations officer six months ago to a hundred year old historical um, nonprofit. Uh, advocate of black community organization known as the New York Urban League. There are a lot of things that um, are changing and evolving and I'm happy to be um, one of the transitional leaders to take a hundred year old organization into the next hundred years in a more modern and efficient way. Um, activism has new voices 
And I'm happy to be a part of that um, community of new voices. And of course, the Royalty Project, it's a nonprofit organization. It's a cultural enrichment initiative. And um, our core focus is our mentor program where we promote positive self images and self esteem amongst youth of color. And um, all you amazing superheroes on this on this call right now uh, should really look into being mentors. We are doing another cycle that will be full virtual, which will be our our third one. We are Harlem based and we used to operate in black owned, black operated spaces in Harlem. But the gift of the pandemic uh, made us international or national at least, you know? So we now operate in cycles in the spring and in the fall, the fall cycle starts October 17th or October 16th and runs for six consecutive Saturdays. And then we skip a Saturday for Thanksgiving and then um, have a crowning ceremony. So in each of those workshops, our youth and our adults are exposed to uh, missing history and the richness of our culture in six different capacities in um, culture, missing history, wealth, melanin, self-expression, and image formerly known as beauty. Everyone that's a part of the Royalty Project is passionate about um, enhancing and improving the image of what it means to be black and making sure that every member of our culture is a proud advocate of that. And I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that's proud to be a part of that, that mission. And I will pass it to Cecilia. It's gonna sound real sad when all I'm gonna say is I'm gonna be over here reading these damn books for school and shit. I don't have, I ain't doing nothing. I barely post on Instagram. I like birds, trees, cars. I love old schools. That's what you're gonna see. Um, if you like that shit, that's cool. If you don't, don't look. And uh, no, that's it. So I'm gonna pass it to Lakeisha. Let's not downplay this educational. Edu I know you said you're reading, and that's that's all, that's that right don't there. Sleep on this future doctor prefix. Oh, I'm not sleeping, but we're not gonna do that collectively. I don't want to have a circle time reading group. <laughs> 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 no, so, I don't want to read with you. I'm just gonna back uh, big up you for reading. Appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you can make it through without reading a little bit of something. I guess I'm reading. Help me come in here and talk good shit on the show. You know, if I had a privilege of coming back. All right, go ahead and hey. pass the baton to Lakeisha. But I feel like y'all should have a, a comment section where I could comment to the people on there, though. Like, I want to talk shit in the comments also. <laughs> so, okay, and I'm passing this to Lakeisha. Go ahead, Lakeisha. You're cracking up, but we can't hear you. What happened? No, ma'am. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? We hear what you Put got going on in spirit. So, you know, just say it in the chat. We'll say it, say it in our chat. We'll say <laughs> it for you. Um, um, he said, she's, um, I appreciate y'all being on two hours and 13 minutes. Um, those that have been watching the whole time, for those that's been on, um, this has been a an interesting experience um and we are thankful that um you all i don't have, have much to say clear consciousness oh, my little boutique hr consulting firm is happening i actually just got a new project today that i'm working on and she peace out on us
Dean and Ned get center every time. Yeah, that was like very yeah, technology. That. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so this Who, was me? great. We thank you. All. I went out. Yeah, it's all good. We 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 got the spirit. We got the spirit. We did. Everything. We did. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, thank you YouTube. Thank you everybody out there that watched. Um, and you know, it was dope. Peace. As we sign off, we want to remind you that it's okay to not have your cheese on your cracker and that we're here to work towards getting there together.